to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And hello, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast. No church answers. I'm Steve Titch. With me is Mike Cropper. Uh, it's just the two of us in here, the dog days of August. Robert Koshu and our usual host, Bill Cox, uh, are not in the studio today, but they have, they have excused absences. Um, we, are, we are talking about Job. We're uh, going through this study of the book of Job, one of the more, perhaps the most complex book in the Bible, and certainly in many ways the most contrarian, because it raises the questions sometimes we hear critics of Christianity and religion in general raise. The whole idea of, you know, you know, if God's all-powerful, why does, why do bad things happen? Are we, do we just, do we Christians just worship God because he's good to us? What's our place in the universe? Why were we created? All of this is, is, is hashed out. Uh, in the book of Job, and, and we're going to start that series of discussions. I'm going to go to go to Mike, just to bring us up to date where we are. All right, Steve, folks, uh, yeah, Job is, why, Joe, uh, Steve has said it so aptly, and we've talked about this in the last couple of broadcasts, if you have not seen them, uh, 259, 260, why do righteous people suffer? And uh, that's that's a key element through the whole book of Job. And I'm not so sure God really answers that at the end. He just says, I'm God, and I run the universe, and you have to, you have to listen, and you have to participate with me if you trust me. Anyway, uh, Job's a great man of character, and, and I just want to point out a couple things because we are going to get into some details. Uh, like Steve said on Eliphaz, uh, Job is going to cry out. And uh, Anyway, let me, let me just read what I have. Folks. Job is a great man of character. He experiences tremendous emotional and physical losses because Satan chooses to target him. He develops severe bodily affliction with sores and boils all over him. Job's friends come to comfort him, and they sit for a week or so without any words passed. We do not know how long Job suffered before his friends arrived, but he wails that it has been several months. If you read the text, you'll catch it in some of the verses. Now, again, that could be exaggerated because sometimes pain, folks, when we're in pain, what may be an hour may seem like 24 hours, right? It may seem like an eternity, so that may be exaggerated. But Job has been seething with anger building up inside of him because he wants to express himself. And he finally lets loose with a blustering chant in front of the, uh, in front of the guys who have come to comfort him. Uh, Stephen has pointed out that Job's friends are agitated by his anger and outcry. And, and, and personally, uh, I'm surprised, too. We are all surprised. And uh, we, I think we covered that last week. It's Job 3, folks. Now, I want to point out just a couple of specifics which we may address in the, uh, in the uh, dialogue between the two individuals. And it's from Job's tirade, which angers his friends because the dialogue will refer to these things. Job looks at his present condition. He curses his life, starting from the day he was born. He curses the night he was conceived. He asks God to remove that day from history that it might not exist. And, and notice, folks, he, he doesn't 
think about anybody else. When you get in the center of pain and suffering, sometimes you only focus on yourself. So he has asked that his mother not be able to bear him and nurse him. He states that he prefers death, and he behave, and he believes that death is peaceful. And by the way, I didn't I didn't mention the scriptures. We're talking about Job three, and verse three, verse thirteen, verse seventeen, verses eighteen. Job also longs for peace, and he states that he wishes that he would have died so he would be at peace. Somehow he thinks that be, death is uh, will bring peace to your life. Then Job despairs further. He says, "Why has God given me light when I'm miserable?" Uh, and that's Job 3.20. And Job also asks, why does God give light to the man who does not know which path to take? Job 3.23. And in today's podcast, we look at a strained dialogue, as Steve has mentioned, between Job and Eliphaz, who is the first person to speak, who is the first one of the three that has come to comfort him. We will learn later that there's a fourth person there, but he apparently is not real important to the person who wrote Job because he's not mentioned till the end. Anyway, Job is a righteous man. He does not understand why he's going to go through a severe trial of catastrophic magnitude as he's going through. And throughout the books of Job, he will express extreme emotion while he seeks to understand why he's suffering. He believes that God is a source of his pain, and he wants to know why God will not talk to him. Steve? Yes, uh, yes so, great. The next section of Job consists of three, called three dialogue cycles. He's got three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Uh, they mm-hmm. each, they each, each individual speaks, Job responds. Uh, that goes on for three times. We're going to look at that first, first dialogue between Eliphaz and Job, uh, which kind of sets the, the, the model, sets the model for the dialogue to follow. Uh, Eliphaz, who, who is mentioned elsewhere in the Bible, Mike. Uh, he, he's, uh, he is mentioned in Genesis 36, 10 through 11. He's, he's, he's out of the line of Esau, I believe. And yeah. he may be Esau's son or grandson. He's, the, this is, he's a, described as a Temanite, and the, the grandson of Esau is, is, is named Teman. So, but also Eliphaz is given the name of, of Esau's son as well. So we think this is his son or his grandson. At least that's where the author of, of, of Job is pulling him from. Um, the other two are not named, Bildad and Zophar elsewhere. Uh, Bildad the Shuite, the Shuites are mentioned in Genesis a little later. Uh, so Eliphaz will appeal to the idea of retributive justice, and he's going to invoke conventional wisdom. Everybody knows this. Uh, uh, Job and Job will reiterate his suffering, and it's not rooted in sin. So they're going to they're going to begin this. I'm I'm going to start with uh, you might say it's the bridge section of Eliphaz's we could call it his speech. Uh, this is from uh, Job chapters 4 and 5. I am taking selected verses. I've tried to basically take the spirit of them, but if you'd like to follow along completely, I urge you to do so. I'm going to go from, I'm going to jump around in 4. I'm going to 4, 1, 7, 19, 5, 1 through 2, 6 through 9, 17, 23 through 27. So uh, here it goes, um, Eliphaz's, uh, Eliphaz's response to Job's outcry. Then Eliphaz, the Temanite, replied, Consider now, 
Who, being innocent, has ever perished? Where were the upright ever destroyed? As I have observed, those who plow evil and those who sow trouble reap it. At the breath of God they perish. At the blast of his anger they are no more. The lions may roar and growl, yet the teeth of the great lions are broken. The lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. A word was secretly brought to me. My ears caught a whisper of it. Amid disquieting dreams in the night, when deep sleep falls on people, fear and trembling seized me and made all my bones shake. A spirit glided past my face, and the hair on my body stood on end. It stopped, but I could not tell what it was. A form stood before my eyes, and I heard a hushed voice. Can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can even a strong man be more pure than his maker? If God places no trust in his servants, if he charges his angels with error, how much more those who live in houses of clay, whose foundations are in the dust, who are crushed more readily than a moth? Call, if you will, but who will answer you? To which of the holy ones will you turn? Resentment kills a fool, and envy slays the simple. For hardship does not spring from the soil, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble, as surely as sparks fly upward. But if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of, a of the Almighty. For you will have a covenant with the stones of the field, and the wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your tent is secure. You will stake, take stock of your property and find nothing missing. You will know that your children will be many, and your descendants like the grass of the earth. You will come to the grave in full vigor, like sheaves gathered in season. We have examined this, and it is true. So hear it and apply it to yourself. I said it's true, so it's true. <laughs> right, Steve? <laughs> That's what Eliphaz mm -hmm. says. Uh, are we going to talk about these sections right now? Yeah, yeah, go okay, right. Go yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, 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 folks, uh, Steve left out the first five or six verses, uh, and if you read it there, glance at it, you'll find that Eliphaz uh, compliments uh, Job. And now, remember all this, folks. What Steve just read is in response to Job's rant that he is extremely upset. He was suffering. He doesn't understand what's going on. Why can't God get it right? I, you know, I should have never been born. And, and he's practically cursing God's mm -hmm. plan. We talked about that last week in the podcast. He's doing everything but saying, God, you did wrong. But what you can't do, you don't say God yeah, does amazing. evil, right? You can say everything, but God did evil. And uh, so anyway. But he comes uh, awfully close. Yes, and that's he why comes the, so the, close to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Even, if, even we get scared. But anyway, the first, verse, first few verses, he says, um, he says, Surely, Job, you've instructed many, you've strengthened weak hands. Your words have upheld the one who stumbles. 
and you have strengthened the feeble knees, but now it comes on you. He changes right there. That's the first and three and four, if you don't know. Mm-hmm. And Joe, uh, Eliphaz compliments Job. This is a red herring, folks. <laughs> this is he's probably Job's attorney. He kind of works yes. <laughs> what he's doing here, he's setting Job up to listen to him. So, and, and, and the best thing you can do, folks, if you're going to talk with somebody or discuss mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, some subjects in an argument or want to make your point, first start off by complimenting the person, mm-hmm. right? Steve, don't attack the person right off. And this is what exactly what Eliphaz does. He says, you're a good person. You've helped a lot of people. You've strengthened them. So he goes into that and says uh, he does this as a red herring to get Job's attention. Then, then he condemns Job. Now we go back <laughs> to right Job 4, 7. Um, remember, now, whoever perished being innocent, or where were the upright ever cut off? And even as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble, they're going to reap the same, which he's telling Job, you certainly have plowed evil, <laughs> and you certainly have reaped the same. But just in reality, just for a second, folks, if you've been watching the news, uh, I think Monday uh, a, a, a cement truck fell off an overpass and fell onto cars and killed a family. Uh, my my point here is is will you see things happen in your life that number one you can't explain yes the answer is yes and number two is there always have to be sin involved or have to be a directive of God and the answer my answer to that is no uh, also there was a family killed um, uh, last week uh, in a head-on collision on 801 22 the family uh, anyway. Was that uh, Galveston? The, the, the yes, I think so. Was yes. it was Galveston? Did yes, drunk driver and down. hit a cart or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in Job's time, remember they didn't have the internet. They didn't have <laughs> TV like we do. We can get news almost instantly, folks, when it occurs. <laughs> they didn't have it, so it was almost communicated like gossip, as mm-hmm. you will. So whether these the, the statements. You can say they're expanded a little bit or contracted. I, I would say that can be the case. But the point is, Eliphaz tells us uh, in verses 12 through, 13, 12 through 13, 19, pardon me, he says, Eliphaz tells of a secret word that came to him. And by the way, this is well, changing the subject. Yeah, let, well, let's, let's talk go ahead and about stay that. On because, what we're because, on. No, I want to keep because there are, okay. th- there are, yes, there are two, there are two let's, let's, things he goes into here, which, which okay. are, are, one is, yes, this whole... Uh, you know, experience. You know, the the uh, those who tr- sow trouble reap it. Uh, and he even says, "I." But the key word there is, "I have observed." As, yes, as I've no, observed, no, no, he's no, he's throwing his own experience. You know, you know well, you know, <laughs> I am. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've seen, I've seen, I, I always this this is what I always see. So he's he's putting it in, and and that's a very human thing to do. Yes, it is. Um, but he's he's uh, there's a limitation there. Yes. Then he goes into this. Mystic vision. This is yes, yes, this yes, is yes, he, yes. he takes a step and 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 talks about this this revelation, which which is a little different from purely the bad things happen to bad people, good things happen to good people. It kind of is this vision of of a complex situation, and 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 later, you know, he says, "Man, man is born to trouble as surely sparks fly upward." He's almost beginning to. Insight that there's a, the human condition contains some calamities that 
are somewhat hard to understand as to why they happen. But but there's a second section in the middle of this, but exactly. So yeah, yeah, let's talk about that just for a second. Mm-hmm. He says this, this vision or apparition appeared mm-hmm. to me secretly and mm-hmm. it scared the daylights out of me. Well, folks, if you look at other appearances by angels mm-hmm. and God himself, they identify themselves. Here, uh, this this special word of knowledge or this special apparition or a spirit, whatever he says, it scared daylights out of him. Uh, in verse 14, he says, it appeared and passed by before me. And he says, the hair on my body stood up. And that right there bothers me because usually if you're going to get fear, uh, Satan moves in with fear. He will work in fear. But the point is, he says in verse 17, Steve read to us, can a mortal be more righteous than God? What The way I interpret this, he's saying, Job, no matter how righteous you are, you're not more righteous than God. And, and, and Steve, you referred to this earlier in the, uh, in the first chapter of Job. God points to Job and says, Satan, look at that man right there in whom I think the world of. He is righteous. He is good. So, of course, Eliphaz doesn't know this conversation went on. Job didn't know this conversation went on. That God is proud of Job. Exactly, God is putting trust in Job. Yes. but it's interesting that you bring bring this up. Exactly where, uh, remember in, in when we talked about the prologue, the the messenger came running in and said the fire of God came down and destroyed yes. your. Yeah. He he made he made an assumption there. Oh, and, another and, point. And and mm-hmm. now now Eliphaz doesn't necessarily he do, he does not. He does not really attribute his vision or his his the the word that came to him to God directly. He seems to think that's where it came from. Yeah, he um, suggests but it. there there are some instances in First Kings, mm-hmm. uh, chapter twenty-two, verses seventeen through twenty-three. Uh, this goes this goes back to the the days of. Um, of Ahab, the, the the truly corrupt king of Israel, and you know he was he was complaining that that you know Micaiah in this case uh, never prophesied anything good about him, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and that that he had his own court prophets and they would say wonderful things, and uh, in this verse Micaiah pretty much says, well God revealed to me that. He's going to uh, give false visions to your prophets. Yeah. Your prophets are going to lying and, and, spirit, yes, isn't it? Lying yeah, spirit. So, lying spirit. So, yeah. let, let me let me get to that again. That Micaiah continued. This is what he was telling Gahab. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, with all the host of heaven standing around him on his right and his left. And the Lord said, Who will lure Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going to his death there? Mm-hmm. One suggested this, another suggested that. Finally, a spirit came forward. You know, we don't know who. Remember, you know, a Satan was still could have been Satan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he's roaming around. Uh, you know, slight, uh, a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, "I will lure him." By what means? The Lord said, "I will go out and be a be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets." So now the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. So, and we also know from the prologue that, you know, Satan is roaming here and there around the earth. He, yeah. and, and for all we know, this, 
this vision of confusion came to Eliphaz from, from Satan or in, in this story. And there's no reason to believe it. And uh, in a way, he's confounded by it, Eliphaz is. Uh, but he quickly backs away from it, as you, yes. <laughs> you see. He yeah. throws it in there and, and then gets off it. He goes on like, like, I'm not sure I should be talking about this, but I'm going to. <laughs> That's right. Um, Eliphaz, after that, condemns Job's speech. Uh, he, says, uh, he says, Job's speech proves he has sinned. Now, the, you have to go with me. Uh, I may be jumping ahead, mm-hmm. Steve, and uh, that starts in verse in uh, chapter five. Yeah, cha- when, cha- is that okay? We go on chapter five. Chapter. That that's that that third section, that section where he comes back to more of the experience, is it begins around five. It begins five yeah. five eight. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was looking at one where he says, uh, he says, he says, is there uh, is there anyone here who will answer you, Joe? Mm-hmm. Eliphaz, folks, is continuing with his his argument or dialogue with Job, and he's trying to be nice, but he's, he's angry with Job. So he says, uh, is there anyone here who's going to stand up for you? And, and, and which of the holy ones, and I'm guessing he means prophets, who, who will you turn and seek? Because wrath kills a foolish man, and envy slays a simple one. Now, the reason I brought those up, Stephen, mm-hmm. that, was, that wasn't the, uh, mm-hmm. the scriptures, because I think he's saying, Job, when you got angry a while ago, wrath will kill a person, be angry and sin not. Jesus said that in the New Testament. And we know that wrath can get you on killed on the highways now, folks, if you, uh, if you give the finger, guys, if you give the finger to the wrong person who's got a uh, AK-27, whatever they are. But anyway, uh, wrath can kill a foolish man, and envy slays a simple one. And Job went on and on, folks, about being envious of the people who are dead. And he says, because if you're at dead, if you're dead, you're at peace with God. You're at peace, at least. He thinks he is. He says, uh, uh, I have seen the foolish taken root, and suddenly I cursed his dwelling place. So he's saying, Job, you can be going long prosperous like you've been all these years. And if, and if you were wrong and if you were, have sinned against God, disaster can come upon you in a second. And he says, so he says, now, coming back to when you said you wish you were dead, he says, be careful what you wish for. You may get it. <laughs> so Eliphaz, Eliphaz says, your suffering did, and Steve made this point, which is excellent. He says, your suffering did not just spring out of nothing. And so I'm thinking, he's telling Job, you cultivated it because hardship does not spring from the soil, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. And that's Job 5, 6. Eliphaz says that the foolish will appear to prosper like Job 5.3, but destruction will come unexpectedly and sneak up on him. Job is like the foolish because his trial and suffering has come suddenly. Now, again, those were not in the verses Stephen specifically point out, but I, I like them so much. I wanted to point no, those out. I hope yeah, you don't mind. No, no, Did no. you have a comment um, on that? I, you know, I, I do that for time. So, yeah, I mean, everything's in play. Okay, okay, <laughs> so. great. Okay. Okay. Uh, Eliphaz now tells Job, as and Steve has mentioned this, accept God's discipline. Now, and that's in Job 5, 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's go back to 8, Steve, uh, where we picked up there. He says, but as for me, I would seek God. And to God, I would commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable things. So, Job, you hadn't been doing this, buddy. We love you. Mm-hmm. We're here to comfort you. But I'm going to tell you, 
you're not doing it right. God is the one who gives rain on the earth, sends waters. He sets high those who are lowly. He frustrates the devices of the crafty so their hands cannot carry out their plans. And he catches the wise in their own craftiness in the counsel of the cunning. So he, uh, he saves the needy from the sword, from the mouth of the mighty, and from their hands. So the poor have hope and injustice shuts his mouth. Now, behold. Now, Steve, one of this, the, the discipline part, he says, So, behold, a man whom God corrects is a happy man. Therefore, <laughs> he tells us in verse 17, Do not despise God's chasing. And Steve, Steve made reference. Pardon me, mention is it Hebrews, Steve? That's the other yes. verse in the yes. New Testament. It, it, well, says, this is this is this whole third section is one long church answer. Yes, for Job, and that's that's why that's why it's so disquieting because this could almost be a psalm if you take it out of context, which is which is why I you know it's a wonder this got in here because it's clear. Um, you don't you don't have to be in the 21st century to understand that Eliphaz is the antagonist here. Um, that he's the guy, and you know, and 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 if you look ahead, th- these are the guys who who are uh, you know who are who are the f- the foil for Job. And uh, he gives this very long, what could be a, a, a psalm. Uh, in fact, as you said. Some of this is pulled out into the New Testament into Hebrews. Blessed mm-hmm. is the man who it is. It is. It is. Could be lifted from here. It could be lifted from the Psalms as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's all you know. I I put this to the test because these days I I think it's the equivalent. If somebody's going through a hard time, not not putting the time to really understand what they're going through, but sending them a Hallmark card. A lot of these, I think, are maybe the right words, but this is the wrong time to say them. Job is, is, is it's not a minor setback he's having here. And moreover, he has not done anything wrong. That's which Eliphaz continues to maintain. This is, you know, he, he implies it. He's, he's, you know, he's very diplomatic about it. If you're, you're right, but he's, what he's saying is, you know, the Lord punishes people who deserve to be punished. And you're being punished, so therefore, and and the, as the, the the later the, the later friend the later friends are much more direct about it, and Job is going to continue to hold on to his integrity here, and and, and in a way he's going to be right. He's, uh, Eliphaz says uh, says I would appeal to God, he, and actually that mm-hmm. gives Job an idea that's that's going to start germinating in his head the idea of making an appeal to God, but yeah, this is this is potent stuff because it's stuff that we find in some ways by praising God yet here it's a here it's definitely being turned on its ear yeah the uh, the point again folks that we want to emphasize here is is why do righteous people suffer and and Eliphaz is very very poignant in the way he presents he says Job you had to sin there's no other reason for this horrible suffering that you're going through. Okay, we'll, we'll pick up on this. Um, we're going to go to a break, and uh, we'll see what Job says about all of this. Yes. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest-growing podcasts 
in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. To finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA Channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. Thank you so much for your support. And now back to the fellas of Man Up. We're back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis. No church answers. I'm Steve Titch. I'm here with Mike Cropper. We are talking about Job uh, chapter 4 through 7. Uh, we've just discussed uh, Eliphaz's statement. Now Job is going to respond. And again, I am abridging this. I'd love to do the whole thing at one time, but uh, please follow along. This is These are going to be drawn from uh, chapter 7, uh, chapter 6 and 7, although I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just reading from chapter 7. We will probably look at some of the other verses in here as we go along, but this is from chapter 7. Then Job replied, Do not mortals have hard service on earth? Are not their days like those of hired laborers, like a slave longing for the evening shadows or a hired laborer waiting to be paid? So I have been allotted months of futility and nights of misery have been assigned to me. Therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my soul. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. What is mankind that you make so much of them? that you give them so much attention, that you examine them every moment and test them every morning. Will you never look away from me or let me alone even for an instant? If I have sinned, what have I done to you, you who see everything we do? Why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my offenses and forgive my sins? Man's life is doomed to hard labor. <laughs> Folks, you caught that, what Steve just wrote to us. Is there not a time of hard service for man on earth? Are not his days like, also like the days of a hired man, like a servant who earnestly desires a shade and works hard, and one who works from day to day and eagerly looks for his wages? Uh, Job is going now, and he is looking specifically at the suffering he's going to, going through. He has forgotten, from what you can tell from what the verse we've read so far, he has kind of forgotten the family he had and the happiness he had and the joy he had and the times uh, and fellowship, whatever. He had 10 children, and uh, he dearly loved them, no question about it, and he was very much well-loved in his community. And now he's going through here going, boy, What's the whole purpose of life? To work my butt off and, 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 and never receive anything good about it? He is, it, it appears the pain and the suffering has caused him to forget everything in the past. And because he's focusing on his present condition. And um, 
again, he has said in Job 7, 3, he says, I've had months of futility and wearisome nights. So when is this mm-hmm. going to end? And then uh, Job repeats his misery in 7, 5. Uh, my flesh is caked with worms and dust. My skin is cracked and it breaks out all over again. And he uh, says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, so time is passing quickly. But what I don't think he... Folks, if you're suffering and you're in, in anguish, at the moment you're doing that, time doesn't necessarily pass. Again, I think he's looking back at his past life and the good times. And when you're in good times, folks, those times seem to pass really quick. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm thinking that's what he's saying here. My days are swifter than a weaver's been. But right now he's sitting in misery and he's experiencing the pain of the disease and the boils and the afflictions he's going through. And he, and he loses sight of everything. He says, my eye will never see good again. And that's verse 7. Oh, remember that my life is a breath. My eye will never see good again. 7, 6, and 7. And the eye of him who sees me will see me no more. And then the eye, he's referring to God there. While your eyes are upon me, I shall no longer be. So he repeats his misery and he talks to God. He believes he has no future. He's going to die during this trial, he sees no end. But I, I think also he's, he's yes, he's, he's kind of reiterating where he was, but uh, he, he still, he musters this idea of, I, I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> oh, he says it. He <laughs> says I, I'm not going to, I'm just, this, this is something, he's, uh, something's, some, he's saying something's messed up here. Okay, I am miserable. I really want to die. His state of mind is nothing Nothing really gives me joy anymore. And like you say, he may have just can't even pull to mind the good times he has. Yes. And yeah. But he says, this, this, this shouldn't be happening. Yes. I, I, and yeah. I'm not going to, before, before I go, I'm going to go down protesting. Right. Um, I right. won't keep silent. I, I, I'm calling this, this is, he's, he's going to be the first dissident. He's he's saying, hey, this isn't this isn't the way it's supposed to be, according to your word. No. You got. I need an explanation here, um, and you know this whole idea of me being doing something bad. I'm I'm uh, I'm not I'm not completely uh, I'm not completely sinless, but I did nothing uh, nothing on the scale that warrants this kind of this kind of disaster to befall me. This idea is going to take shape that he has a well. Yeah, one one is is that he wants a hearing, and and we'll, we'll get to talk yes, about that later. Yes, he, he's he's going that that germ is 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 in his mind, but I I think also one of the takeaways here is well is Job has um, we we can cry out to God, we can protest, we can complain, we can say we we don't have to accept. Passively, let's put it that way. We may have to accept because this is the way things happen, but yeah. we we don't have to say that this is something that that is going to correct me. Uh, that this is this is this is the Lord's discipline, which which Eliphaz is suggesting. Uh, Job says, "No, this this is something else, and I really want to know what it is." And I think he has a, I think he has every right to ask, and I think there's. This the book of Job's outright says, outright comes to the conclusion that he has every right to ask, to shout, to protest. Now, again, 
as you pointed out earlier, he may not get the answer, but it's not a sin to demand one, even from God. I'm going to go back into a little bit of chapter 6, if you don't mind. Go right ahead. Just just for a few moments here, folks. Um, When we wrote up this, the format for this, folks, there was supposed to be four of us, and as Steve (laughs) mentioned to you earlier, two have unexpected uh, details that they had to take care of, and they were not able to be here. So I'd like to go back to uh, Job 6, which we skipped over, uh, 14. um, and, And he's looking at his friends who have come to comfort him. And folks, uh, when you're in misery, if you're in the hospital, if you're feeling just miserable, and you see a friend come, that does give you some comfort, even if they don't say anything. So, so they sit for a long time. As I mentioned, he said they possibly sat for seven days, and his friends didn't say anything. And then finally, he can't take it anymore. He decides he wants to rant and rave over the, condi- over the uh, condition he is in. So he lets loose in a tirade. Now, his friend, Eliphaz, his friends, and again, Steve Appley pointed out that this, this is something that uh, agitates them because he is so blunt. And, and Job comes back to them after Eliphaz has corrected him and told him, you're wrong, you've sinned, you can't receive this kind of suffering and this pain without having something, done something wrong. God just will not do this. So, so Job looks at him in, in, in 6.14, and he says, To the one who is afflicted, kindness should be shown by a friend. And he's talking to Eliphaz and possibly all three of his friends that are sitting there. Even if he forsakes the fear of God himself, my brothers have not done this. You have not shown me kindness. You have, you have afflicted me also. My brothers have dealt deceitfully like a brook, like a stream in the brooks that passes away. And he says, you have not comforted me. When I saw you, I saw you as a stream that was going to provide water for me because I'm very thirsty and I'm desiring someone's help or kindness to me. But you haven't provided that. You have provided me with criticism and the water which would have comforted me has dried up like a stream in the desert. And that's Job 6.15, Job 6.17. And, and then uh, Job also says in Job 6, 24 and 25, he, and he says, look, Eliphaz, you others as well. And Steve talked about this, the discipline. We, we see God, God disciplines us when he wants us to learn something. Job says, 24 and 25, teach me. I will hold my tongue. If you will cause me to understand how I have erred before the God, before the Lord Almighty. How forceful are right words. These are very important. If you would show me those right words and tell me what I've done wrong. Done wrong. But he says, but you're arguing with me, and what does that prove? Are you going to rebuke my words and speeches as a desperate one, which are as the wind? It's, you're, you're, like, you're like hitting me when I'm down, when I'm weak, like overwhelming an orphan or the fatherless, he says. And you undermine your friend. Therefore, he says, be pleased to look at me, for I would never lie to you. So he says, are you going to beat down a desperate man when I'm in a condition I can't fight back? Right? But he is fighting back. This is very interesting. No matter how miserable he is, folks, he retorts some very, very blunt statements. He says, so Job 7.4, he says, 
when is this all going to end? And by the way, Steve did mention those two. We, and we went into 7 and 4. He says, God has assigned me these difficult times, Job 7 3. I have month, months of futility and wearisome nights. And I mentioned that earlier, Job 7 3. When is this going to end? He's, <laughs> he's, he is absolutely at the end of his, uh, his patience, he says. And then he repeats the misery that we had, uh, had mentioned earlier. He, he, he says, my flesh is caked and dried with worms and dusts and cracks again. And that's 7-5. Then Job looks at God and talks him. He believes he has no future. And he says, am I a serpent, Job 7-12, that you should guard me? And Job says, you scare me with dreams and terrify me with vision. So even when I try to sleep at night, right, Steve? He says, he says, the only comfort I look forward to each day right now is to try to sleep. He says, and when I close my eyes, you, you give me nightmares. <laughs> so no, he's, he's a very frustrated person. And, uh, and Job 7.17, as Steve mentioned this too, folks, I would remind you this. He says, why, why do you show favor to man? Why do you love him? Why do you show him attention? And then you turn around and prod him all day long in verse Job 7, 18, and you irritate him like you're sticking him with that, a pin. That is, yeah, <laughs> that is, and that is another one of these things that had the, had the elders were, because this, he, he's kind of inverting Psalm 8 there. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Psalm 8 is, is and, and it's, I guess one of, it's, it's quoted a lot. I'm sure you've heard it in church. What is man that you are mindful of him, mm -hmm. the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and Job is very sarcastic about that. Well, you know, why do you even bother with this? Yeah. Do you just, or do you just do it? Go just, pick on the wicked. Leave yeah. me alone. Um, me it's, it's really, it's, and, and that's, that's why we, I, I like doing this because a lot of this is, this is in Job, folks. <laughs> this is yes. uh, this is in the Bible, and and it's uh, it's 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 quite um, quite graphic, quite graphic, Gra graphic, quite, right? quite colorful, and quite yeah. direct, colorful. Yeah, uh, yeah. And again, it, to me, it's it's among the reasons to say you know this this wasn't this wasn't the Bible wasn't cleaned up by people. <laughs> right, right. You if if the if it's if the if if the naysayers were right, the Bible was all put together by people who wanted to put, present God in the best bright light possible, well, you know, Job wouldn't be in there then. This is, this is, this is very, very uh, uh, potent, potent yes, stuff. Yes. Any other thoughts? Yeah, yes, yes, if you don't mind. Just a mm -hmm. couple questions if yeah. you want to answer these. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If not, I just want to throw these mm -hmm. out, folks. As men, we go through this daily. We go through thoughts. And uh, when things are going great, we don't go through these, these stressful situations and questions but i want to throw out questions that come from job mm -hmm. first of all does god cause suffering can he cause not, suffering yes yeah, I, but, I believe, uh, yeah, but not not all the time no I mean. oh, good that's good uh, take pharaoh um, for instance god definitely yes, caused um, suffering for pharaoh and right? and i don't and and you know, there are there are god created the world but he created it in a way that there's, he has yielded some control. He's, he's in charge of things, no doubt about that. This is one of the more difficult aspects. But it's a, it's, one, it's a fallen world. 
Two, clearly thing, things happen that are not his will to happen. Yes. Uh, and so therefore there, there, there's some agency going on, maybe partly in humans, partly in the way creation is. And I think mm-hmm. some of this, some of this to me is explained later in the book of Job when God, God appears. And we talked about it in our, in our telecast a couple of months ago called fearful symmetry we talked about that uh mm-hmm. you know wh- wh- how did how does god's creation work and how is it re- how is that revealed to us in the in the book of job uh so i'll save i'll save that for the later podcast we do on that but mm-hmm. suffice it to say uh there is this aspect to get you back that that not all suffering comes from God. And as we see, this in this story, it's Satan who is inflicting it, but it, God's kind of gone laissez-faire with it. God's saying, go ahead, I'm, I'm taking my, my hedge away from Job. Go ahead, do your, do, do, do your worst, but gave him a few, gave him a, just a few ground rules. Yeah, um, yeah. no, you, you just answered all my questions yeah. I had here, Steve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Steve is very perceptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other questions, and I mentioned one earlier, folks, do bad things happen to good people? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And sometimes you don't know the answer why mm-hmm. they happen. And we may never know the answer. The point is, is you continue to trust God with your life. And, and can you break a natural law of nature? And Steve just said mm-hmm. that a while ago in a few different words. Yes, you can. You can suffer because you have broken a natural law. For instance, you run a red light in your car. That's not mm-hmm. necessarily a natural law, but that's a, they, a, a law which you could attribute to nature mm-hmm. and the rules of nature and the way things fit together. So, so the point is, and, and again, what is, Job all, what is Job all about? Why do righteous people suffer? Now, Job suffers extreme pain and physical disease. I want to repeat a couple things real quick, and then we'll close. This for closing. God says he is a righteous man. God is proud of him. However, Job does express anger in dynamic proportion, but this is not sinful because he's pouring out his heart, and he's not attributing evil to God. And I think that's very important, folks. He shows us that trials of horrendous suffering can distract our focus from worshiping God to examining our afflictions because he starts, he goes into himself. The first part, when Job was first afflicted, is when his family is taken away, he still gets down and worships God. But now when he the boils and all the health conditions are, are on his body, he has trouble worshiping God, although he does refer to God in the, some of the scriptures. So the real theme is that suffering and affliction can happen to a good, righteous person. There's no reason has to exist why. Uh, Satan can be the source of our affliction. But this is one error that Job repeated. God was not the source of his pain. Satan was the source. And I think this is one of the whole points for the book of Job, Steve, mm-hmm. to show us. Uh, the, one of the, uh, the comment, commentators I'm using as reference is, is, is uh, Gerald, J. Gerald Jansen, Job Interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways, he's, he writes that, like any relationship, it, trial, uh, you go through a trial, you go through conflict, it, it, that, that relationship may grow, or it does, or does grow. And um, Job more and more will talk, we'll talk about emerging as, you know, royally, or will come clean and, and will wear the robes of royalty. Um, Here's what, here's what Jansen wrote um, in, in regard to this section, at least. 
Meanwhile, it may be suggested that such royal consciousness cannot emerge so long as humankind is hedged about securely in the matter, manner of Job 1.10. You know, just, you know, enjoying life. God is good to him. As Satan pointed out, he's got a hedge around him. Mm-hmm. That's what Satan, how Satan described Job. It can only emerge when the earthling, man, who is created to bear the divine royal image, is thrust into realms of experience beyond guaranteed structure and into freedom. So he's, he's being pulled out of a, literally pulled out of a comfort zone, quite literally, and thrust into areas he has not even thought about. Um, until then, though an heir, we are heirs to the kingdom, one remains a child and thus is no better than a slave, which he compares, Job compares himself to sometimes, though he's the one is the owner of the estate. The heir, we are under guardian and trustees until a date set by the divine parent. In many ways, Job is reaching a date where he's going to have to grow up. His, I, I, and I'm not, I shouldn't say that so meanly because he's, he's, he, doesn't, he, has to, he has to grow. He has to, his, his faith is going to mature a little simply because what he's being forced to think about and, and, mm-hmm. and what ends up being, being revealed to him, I think, here. He reached his level of... Mm-hmm. religiosity right mm-hmm. yes which is what you've been mm-hmm. saying all along mm-hmm. and god's gonna take him to another step this is yes. Un- unbelievable okay. yes we will be back for uh a wrap up and some final thoughts right after this hey pastors, pastors and church, church leaders. leaders are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract engage and inspire men in your congregation book a live man up spiritual oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com. Or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. Yes, this is uh, the Man Up, uh, Man Up podcast. No church answers. We're discussing the book of Job. We're going to wrap up our look at Job chapters 4 through 7. Mike, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I, I just want to go back to, uh, this is a little bit of, humorous but it's not humorous to Job and I just want to bring back a point that Eliphaz uh, points out he says uh, in in verse 7 I think let's see of uh, Job 4 he says uh, he says think Job you're sitting on a garbage pile scraping mm-hmm. yourself with potsherds and you've got all these sores and all all these fungus all over you and he says he says Really, do genuinely people, upright people, ever lose out in the end? He says, do you know of any really, truly innocent person who has ever ended up on the scrap heap like you? (laughs) (laughs) And and Job has. He says, if you were truly upright, you would not be here on the garbage pile. And I, and I said, that depends on what he means. We see innocent people die every day. And that's, that's a very serious answer to that. But the point is, it's a little bit humorous the way Eliphaz puts this. But the point is, 
Eliphaz only sees from a church answer, like you stated, mm-hmm. Steve, earlier. He thinks mm-hmm. you're suffering because you have sinned, and that's mm-hmm. all he can see with Job. And the point is, we've just said a few times, sometimes suffering comes and you don't have an answer mm-hmm. for it. Sometimes righteous mm-hmm. people suffer, and we don't know why, and we may never know why. And sometimes you break a natural law and you suffer. But Eliphaz did not see any way at all but a church answer. Anyway, Steve? I, I, I'll, I'll go a little more more secular on this. Now, we know you, of course, you're an attorney. You, you know uh, a lot of the Western legal tradition comes, or I want to say, is rooted in the Bible, is rooted in Mosaic law. It's not all the same, but nonetheless, we find a lot of it there. One other aspect uh, of Western culture, legal and political, we find is, I think, derives out of the book of Job, and that is the right to confront authority. Mm-hmm. That and, and that confronting authority uh, or protesting, complaining, is not a sin or is not a crime. Unfortunately, it was never always played into that, but the, but the idea is there, and many of the uh, you know, ideas of natural rights sprung from that, but we can go back to uh, the Magna Carta in 1215, where, again, they were English lords, but the, and the, the king of England was a divine right. He was, they believed, appointed by God, yet mm-hmm. he still had to obey the law. He mm-hmm. still had to obey God, what, what the law of the land and, and God's law, and uh, the 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 at the time the the landholders, the barons who who were subject to the king prevailed, and so we have that idea of of bringing bringing to authority uh, one's grievances and uh, demanding an accounting, and that is that is something I think. Uh, we find rooted right here in the book of Job. Uh, Job Job calls for an accounting. He wants <laughs> a hearing. He wants to cross-examine uh, God, and and uh, he is not he is not condemned for that. Yes, that's good, Steve. So, anyway, uh, it's great being with you. We'll be back hopefully with the full team. Uh, until then, uh, catch our YouTube page. Uh, we have 26 uh, video episodes. Again, one of them we do touch on the book of Job on it. Not not the dialogues, but God's appearance at the end. And uh, we'd uh, also certainly come by our Patreon page. You can be a patron. Uh, check out all our podcasts, uh, all 260 of them that have come previously. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And... Uh, I, Until next week, uh, have a good week. Enjoy the summer. Be seeing you. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got anything. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up podcast.